0: So as part of this series, Mark My Words, each of the sermon titles have been Words from Jesus. And here is this question from Jesus that the disciples repeat in this chapter, who touched me? Henry Nouwen was a well-known priest, theologian, and writer. How many of you have heard of Henry Nowen before? Okay, a good number of you. Nowen was a professor at Notre Dame and Yale Divinity School and also Harvard Divinity. But in 1985, Nowen left Harvard Divinity School to live and work as a pastor at the Daybreak Community in Ontario Daybreak is a community where people with and without physical and intellectual disabilities live and work together. Around this same time, when Nowan made this move, he published a book titled Reaching Out. And included in that book are themes of calling and discerning God's purpose for our lives. Nowen left an appointed position at Harvard to work at daybreak with a young man named Adam who had profound disabilities. And in that book, Reaching Out, Nowen writes this. My whole life, I have been complaining that my work was constantly interrupted until I discovered that my interruptions were my work. This past week, I worked on this sermon from a Panera. And one's quote reminded me of another time that I was in a Panera, maybe 12 years ago or so. I hadn't thought of this story in a long time. But Lindsay and I were eating at a Panera in the Green Hills area of Nashville where we lived. It wasn't far from our apartment. It had been a long week for both of us. We were both working long hours in new jobs. And we were grateful for a nice, quiet meal where no one needed anything of us. We were ready to escape to our Frontega chicken panini and broccoli and cheddar soup. Can I hear an amen on the broccoli and cheddar soup at Panera? With a side of French baguette, of course. So we were ready for a quiet meal. My memory of that night is that we were commenting on how much we needed that uninterrupted time together, how much we needed that uninterrupted dinner And then a gentleman sat down at a table right next to us. The gentleman had a small whiteboard with him, and he was visibly upset. And I watched as he began to write on that whiteboard. He took out a dry erase marker from his pocket, and he wrote on the whiteboard. He wrote for just a minute and then he propped up the board on the table right there in the middle of Panera. And he had written this, I need to speak to a priest or a pastor. (laughs) Last Sunday's passage was about Jesus' calming of the winds and the water on the storm on the sea of Galilee that's from chapter 4 of Mark and at the beginning of chapter 5 Jesus and his disciples they make it safely to the other side where they visit a gentile city and in chapter 5 Jesus heals a demoniac someone who was demon possessed and that man who has been healed becomes a disciple himself In fact, that man who is healed becomes maybe the first missionary to a Gentile community. And then we read in today's scripture that Jesus and his disciples, they get back in the boat and they cross over the Sea of Galilee again. And a man named Jairus, a leader of the synagogue, approaches Jesus in desperation. His little girl is sick. His little girl is sick to the point of death, he says. The message translation says that she is sick enough to be at death's door. Now, we don't know exactly what Jesus was up to in that moment, but Jesus goes with the man. And as they're making their way to his house, the new revised translation says a crowd presses in on Jesus, presses in on him Another translation says it like this that a crowd was tagging along pushing and jostling Jesus And we're told that among the crowd is a woman who has been sick for 12 years If I can only touch Jesus's clothes she thinks If I could just touch his tunic His cloak, I will be made well. She she touches him, and Jesus stops in his tracks. He turns around to the crowd. Again, in this sermon series, we're taking a closer look at Jesus' words in this gospel, and Jesus asks the question, who touched me? The woman has already been made well, according to the gospel. She's made well immediately when she touches Jesus. But Jesus stops in his tracks. He stops and he turns to the crowd. He finds the woman and he praises her. He blesses her. He confirms the healing and he speaks peace over her. In studying this passage this week, I was moved by the way one commentator highlights this moment. Jesus stops to ask a question that the disciples think is absurd. He could have been content knowing that the woman was healed just as soon as she touched him. And in this moment, we can imagine the father's desperation for Jesus to hurry up. To keep along the road because his little girl is dying. But in this scripture from chapter 5, one of the things I can't help but noticing is that Jesus is interruptible. Jesus is interruptible even in the most important of stuff. When we read the Gospels, we are, for good reason, quick to note the compassion, the mercy, and the love in Jesus' ministry. But one of the things that I admire in how Jesus conducts his ministry in the Gospels is just how interruptible he was. He was so full of passion and purpose but he could also be bothered. And we see this again and again in Mark's gospel. Jesus is interrupted by Peter while he's praying in chapter 1. And later in that same chapter, he's interrupted by a leper while he's preaching in the synagogue. And a few weeks ago, we talked about how four friends break through a roof to drop their friend down at Jesus' feet they drop their paralytic friend right at Jesus' feet in the middle of his teaching a crowd and Jesus stops. He's interrupted. And now a sick woman interrupts him on his way to heal a dying girl. The same commentator I mentioned earlier writes this. Jesus' divine authority is placed at the service of desperately importunate people. Now, importunate is not a word we use very much, is it? I'll admit, I had to look it up, <laughs> but it means something like this: persistent, persistent, especially to the to the point of annoyance or intrusion. Jesus is constantly intruded upon. We could put it this way. Jesus is full of passion and purpose, but he can also be bothered. I want to be clear. This story from Mark chapter 5 would read much differently without that remarkable ending without two other words from Jesus. A messenger comes to tell Jairus that his 12-year-old girl has died, but when Jesus and the father arrive, the family is grieving, but Jesus enters the room and offers two simple words. Two simple words right to the point. Talitha kum. Little girl, get up. And immediately, there's that word again in Mark's gospel, immediately the girl gets up and begins to walk about the room. Jesus is so full of passion and purpose, but he is also interruptible. He can be bothered. That man sitting across from us in that Nashville area, Panera, wrote only a few words on that whiteboard. They were simple and to the point. I need to speak to a priest or a pastor. When Lindsay saw the sign, she looked at me. And I recall making some joke about how I didn't know signs from God could come on whiteboards. (laughs) We had been looking for a quiet meal that night, but we both knew that I would need to talk to the man. And I'll be honest, I didn't really want to be taken away from a quiet dinner in that moment. I had been a pastor all day long, and I just wanted to eat my broccoli and cheddar soup. (laughs) While it was still warm. But I went over to the man who had asked for a priest or a pastor, and I told him that I may be his second choice, but that I was a pastor and I was happy to chat with him. He told me some of the hard stuff that he was up against in that moment. He told me that he was hoping for a hot meal which was easy enough to take care of in the middle of a Panera. But he said that he was also hoping that someone would pray with him, which, to be honest, was much harder in the middle of a Panera. But there we stood, interrupting other customers' dinners, saying a prayer for one another between the booths and center tables in the middle of the Green Hills Panera. I don't know about you, but I'm not naturally an interruptible person. When I have something to accomplish or finish, I don't always take kindly to distractions. And so Jesus' way of moving in the world is convicting to me. It's a challenge to my bullish attention, to my own agenda, to hear Jesus' words, who touched me? And to read about his choice to slow down and investigate. What opportunities for compassion and ministry and healing am I missing when I move around the world too quickly? Who am I refusing to help when I refuse to be interrupted? Even when it means being interrupted from really good and important things, like we saw in today's passage. Around the time when Henry Nowen's prestigious career at Harvard and other leading theological institutions was interrupted by a new calling to work closely with individuals with physical and intellectual disabilities, Around that time is when he wrote these words. My whole life, I have been complaining that my work was constantly interrupted until I discovered that my interruptions were my work. If you can, slice out some time in your schedule to reread some of Mark's gospel this week. And I think what you'll find is that Jesus' interruptions are his ministry. Jesus' interruptions are opportunities to meet the hurting with compassion, healing, and peace. And so my prayer this week is that we will all be open to these holy interruptions. May we be on the lookout for how ministry Is leading us and meeting us in the inopportune. May we be ready for the ways God is coming to us when we least expect it. Maybe even when we don't have time for it. Or we could put it this way. May we be bold and brave enough to be bothered. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, in Jesus, you came to us in a way that we wouldn't have expected as the Christ child born in such a humble way. You come to us in unexpected ways, God, and so help us to be open to the ways you're interrupting our lives to impact the lives of others. Help us to be interruptible people May our hearts be ready and willing to make time when we have no time. Teach us the power of holy distractions, and may we find by your Spirit that our lives are richer and fuller when they are not too important to be interrupted. And so we pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray together, saying, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name,